Hello, everyone. Let's welcome Andrew, who is a former CMO at the Series B tech company in the area of market research. I'm excited to talk with Andrew about growth for B2B enterprise SaaS. So, Andrew, welcome to the Growth Mentor Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to learn more about the topic today. So can we define what B2B enterprise SaaS is? Sure, I'll, I'll give you my definition of it and my experience of it, having worked at a few uh, B2B SaaS enterprise companies. Uh, so usually it's software that's sold primarily to large enterprise companies. So you're looking at like 100K plus in annual contract value, uh, a buying committee of about five to 10 people or so that you're trying to get to purchase the software, um, and then a six to 12 month uh, sales cycle. Whoa. That that's that's a big process. So I, I already learned something new. I didn't know that, but could you tell us something we don't know or most people don't know about uh, growth at B2B Enterprise SaaS? Uh, sure. So the biggest thing is that it's very targeted. So you usually start out by mapping what types of companies um, are a good fit for your software because of the large contract value. Um, obviously that eliminates uh, a lot of potential companies. Uh, from there, you're doing a lot of, you know, I, I guess you're doing a lot more account engagement versus lead gen or, or, or things like that. Um, and, and it's a combination of targeted brand awareness, um, typical marketing channels and initiatives, and then also things like strategic BDR and SDR outreach um, to engage those accounts. So I guess that how such companies grow across different stages of their life uh, changes. So what are the common challenges that they face like per stage or per some kind of uh, like separation that we will make? Uh, sure. So I, and I'll talk through Sirius A, B, and C. So Sirius A, usually, at least the way I define it before I get into the challenges is like up to 5 million in uh, ARR. Um, at this point, they're obviously founder-led, um, and they just made very early investments that they may be marketing and sales and, and, and things like that. Um, some of their challenges is that product market fit has not been established. Um, they also typically have a diverse group of like early customers or early adopters, mostly from the founder's own network um, and relationships. Um, and then they're still developing product messaging, positioning, and differentiation. Um, so that's a, at a Series A. Um, Series B, I define as like up to 20 million in uh, ARR. Um, at this point, it's a bit more, again, on the enterprise side, a little bit more sales-led. There is some product market fit. Um, and, and then the company started to make bigger investments in the marketing and sales to grow. Uh, usually the challenges at that stage is really like nailing down the product market fit, um, sp specializing or niching down to specific market segments um, instead of having like a general purpose software um, and then starting to build customer loyalty uh, for, you know, with some of those early customers. So at the Series C stage, usually the company's up to 50 million in ARR. Their sales and marketing led at that point. They have a concrete product market fit. And a lot of their focus is on customer retention and expansion uh, in order to grow. Some of the challenges they run into is differentiating because now there's more competitors uh, in their 
space, uh, lowering customer acquisition costs while still growing. And, and then thinking about how and when to expand, whether that's introducing new product lines or trying to enter uh, new markets. So having experiences in this space, what's your approach? So for specifically in enterprise SaaS, I think that the biggest thing is, is having a very close alignment between marketing and sales uh, because, it, because it, it requires a comprehensive approach to create awareness, engage accounts, and then ultimately turn those accounts into customers. Um, and, and one of the best ways I've seen that done is where the head of marketing and the head of sales are both equally responsible for a pipeline generation goal and also the revenue growth goals. Um, so that way they're both sort of working hand in hand to you know help the company grow. So along those stages, like what do you think are the characteristics that make like great um, people, like in, in the case of founders or in the case of CMOs, like what characteristics are suitable for such companies at those stages? Sure, so I, I think for founders, there's two things I think Great founders realize that what worked when they were like a seed company versus a series A versus B or C is not the same thing. So they kind of adapt and learn along the ways. I think founders who struggle, uh, they'll be running a series C company the same way they ran it when it's a series A, which doesn't work. Um, and, and, and I think the smartest founders, they hire great talent who bring in a lot of experience, especially in areas where the founder just is not that experienced. And then they just get out of their way and, and kind of let them sort of give them kind of freedom to be creative and uh, to get things done. Um, so that's founders and, and, and sort of CEOs of, of startups. I think for uh, CMOs and heads of marketing, I think it's really understanding the market, the competitors, um, seeing trends that are coming up, um, thinking ahead of time and just being a visionary instead of just an operational uh, leader. And what about uh, CROs or head of sales? For for CROs and heads of sales, I think it's it's prioritizing things like sales enablement, training, constantly up leveling the sales team, um, adapting to market challenges, and there'll be a lot of them like competitors and things like that coming up, um, and then passing feedback back to marketing and customer success. I think the advantage the sales team has is that they're kind of in the field, they're constantly talking to prospects and customers, and sometimes. They know a lot more, uh, but that knowledge just doesn't transfer back into like marketing and customer success. So following uh, what makes great people for such startups, I, I want to generalize it a little bit and ask what makes great marketing at the companies that we have been discussing so far. Sure. So I think I think great marketing is a is a combination of things you can measure and things you cannot measure. Uh, but, you know, also you know, kind of uplift all the channels you can measure. So I think, you know, companies run into problems <clears throat> when they only focus on channels where you can measure everything. I think smart companies also invest in things like brand, they invest in content, um, and they usually invest in like having a mission of some sort and values that they express. And they also bring up um, or sort of bring great stories um, along the ways. And, and all of that kind of uplifts you know, their advertising, their website, their SEO, all of the performance stuff uh, sees an uplift from that. Andrew, thanks for taking the time to share your insights with us uh, today. Uh, I really appreciate all this know-how that you shared with us. I learned a lot and I hope that people will also learn while listening to this episode.
Sounds good. Thank you for having me.